Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of the Soul CEO Podcast. This is episode 20, and my name is Rachel Picard. This is such an exciting episode because I think it's so relevant in the day that we're living in today. So if you got a chance and you're not driving or on the treadmill or cooking dinner, grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, because I think we can get some work done. We can get some transformation done. If you're new to this podcast, you're going to want to hit that subscribe button. And I really appreciate it if you guys leave a five-star rating and a review. I want to highlight one of our subscribers here today. It is H. Morrison, who says, incredible information, five stars. H. Morrison says, Rachel has been and continues to be an incredible leader that helps you get out of your comfort zone so you can grow. I'm so thankful she has helped me learn how to be uh, successful and continue to grow as a person and a leader. I cannot wait to hear more of her podcast. Thank you so much, Heather. I appreciate the love. And guys, this podcast is free. No ads, no interruptions, just work. Just hopefully some value, some humor, some some truth. And I'm really excited because I have a couple of guests jumping on here in the next coming uh, few weeks that I think are just going to blow your socks off. So subscribe, rate, and review. And if you want to tag me on social media, screenshot, go, right, whatever the screenshot noise is, screenshot this right now. Go to uh, Facebook or Instagram. You can tag me at Soul CEO. I should be back on Instagram here in a week or two. And I love interacting with you. I love connecting. I want to follow you back and continue on building this tribe. So episode 20. We are talking about comparison and how comparison kills and it takes you off of your uh, your race, takes you out of your lane that is set to your specific destiny and your promised land. And if you guys have probably seen many quotes or quote cards or shareables online, uh, online people's cover photos, it says, Comparison is the thief of all joy. And that is credited to the former president, Theodore Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt. Comparison is the thief of all joy. And I believe that this is true because there are actually scriptural references to comparison and how deadly it can be. And I want to share, I don't know if you guys are like this and if you guys go back to uh, episode, oh, I think it was episode 15 of the color personalities. If you have any little bit of red in you, this could be your downfall. If you are competitive and you're competitive without growth, without transformation, without the personal inner work and the spiritual work, comparison will literally put you in bondage. It'll put you in bondage spiritually, emotionally, financially, keeping up with the Joneses, having a deep sense of unfulfillment in your life, even if you're not a hardcore red, I still think comparison naturally occurs within all the colors, within all of us. And it's because of that nature of not feeling enough um, that we tend to look to other people. Now, I am competitive. I would say that I'm competitive at times to a fault. <laughs> and uh, in my earlier days in network marketing, there was uh, I needed a leaderboard. I always needed a contest. I needed a point system. I needed some sort of public tracking to show where I rated. I loved it. Actually, in my first company, they actually had a listing of the top earners. I think it was like top 50 or top 100 earners. And I love to see my name kind of crawl up that list. Even though I wasn't really making much money, I love to see that I like, oh, I beat somebody else, I beat somebody else, I beat somebody else. To quote the Jim Rohn, famous Jim Rohn, who I talked about in my previous episode, episode 19, he talked about the fact that I don't just want to win, I sincerely wish for you to lose. <laughs> and he says it tongue in cheek, but that was absolutely 
absolutely my motto. Uh, just a few years ago, there I just joined uh, my previous company, and they had launched a massive contest. It was a trip incentive for a Mediterranean cruise. And they had different tiers of what you could win, meaning like, uh, could you bring X amount of people? Could you have X amount of dollars to spend? What additional excursions? Uh, could you earn cash prizes? All these sort of things. And the top prize was a big, big one. I was brand new to the company and, you know, kind of had a very small team. I was probably like three months into this at, at this point, uh, maybe four months in. And I was leading the, the, the entire company of 70,000 distributors as the number one point accruer in that business. And it was, it was probably about a month or so left of the contest and they called all of maybe like the top 20 point qualifiers thus far. Like it was still going on, but like, okay guys, these are the ones they've already earned the trip and now they're, they're gunning. Who's going to be number one? Who's going to be top 10? Who's going to be top 20? Um, to get the different prizes. And I remember there was a couple that was just behind me in the point system. And we all got on stage and, and like my competitive comparison like really raised up. And they were honoring me in front of this crowd, this, this event. And I was like, you're going down. And they just looked at me like, what? <laughs> what? I'm like, yeah, I'm competitive to a fault. I'm like, okay, that didn't really go over so well. I'm like, you're going down. But I'm competitive in a lot of things, even when uh, I've been now in, in in the gym more than out of the gym for the better part of eight plus years. Um, COVID, obviously haven't worked out in a traditional gym, but I have a little tiny, little beta gym in my downstairs with some little weights and some bands and a bench and like just got a buso ball and I got a treadmill. So I got like a little gym down there. But back when I used to work out in the gym, I would love to compare. And often, I don't know if you guys have ever done this on the treadmill before, that if I am uh, standing or walking or running or jogging next to somebody, my natural eye would be to go over and look at their treadmill display. And I would see them where they're at. And if they were at 4.0 miles per hour, I would be at 4.1. If they were doing a run or a little jog at like six and a half, I wanted to be at 6.7. Um, if they, you know, I, and I just wanted to beat them. Like we were in a race. They didn't even know it. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm, I'm taking you down. You, you don't even know it. And I, I wouldn't get off the treadmill until they got off the treadmill. Like this is, this is the important time of, of this is our race. This is the championship. This is the final meet, uh, conference finals. And I wanted to beat them. And I remember one specific instance, I was starting to do like light bodybuilding and, and tons of weight training. It was weight training about five, six days a week for about an hour a day. And I remember I started, I have like chicken arms. I call them hot dog arms. I'm almost six feet tall and my wingspan is probably about six, six, one <laughs> to give you an idea, like the longest, skinniest little arms. But at that point I was like really building muscle. And for my little tiny frame, I was doing some pretty big like bicep curls, like 15, 17, 20 pound bicep curls, which again, if you can visualize my giraffe body, was kind of impressive. And I remember this one time I was doing bicep curls in the mirror and probably about seven or eight feet to my right, there was a guy, like an actual dude, a male that was doing bicep curls as well. And he had 15s and I had 17 and a half. And I was just like, I was like, I am so much stronger than you. Look at you, like little man. Like I, I was so competitive. And ultimately, that is a it can comparison. And I want to talk about in future episodes. There is a sense of comparison when it becomes healthy when it's modeling. 
So when you find a mentor that has what you want, you're seeing what they're doing and you can model it, right? Like, okay, great. It's hacking other people's success. But when does comparison become detrimental? When does comparison become devastating? And when does comparison become deadly? Because if we are not careful, just like on the treadmill, not understand we have our own race to run, we have our own lane to be in. Imagine that you're running on a treadmill. This just happened. Probably about six weeks ago, I was in Jacksonville Beach, and uh, my girlfriend and I were on the treadmills, and they were doing social distancing because of COVID. And so we had a treadmill in between us, but we were talking the whole time, and uh, and we were just reconnecting. We must have been the most annoying people in that entire gym because we were just like, blah, 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 and talking a little bit louder because we were about six feet apart. And I remember I was looking at her, and at one point, I literally fell off the treadmill. Like, I didn't totally, like, bomb on my face, but it was a, it was a hot mess, and it was very loud. That happens in our life is that we're so busy looking to the right or looking to the left that we get off or we fall off of our own race. We fall off of our own path. We fall off of our own quote unquote treadmill of life. Now we take this to the Bible and we can go back to the Old Testament in first Samuel 18, where it's the story of King, uh, well, soon to be young David. So we know King David as a, a man after God's heart, right? Like he was, uh, an incredible, interesting um, historical character. And uh, and I, this is why I love studying the Bible. We learn about leadership. We learn about comparison. We learn about people skills. We learn about relationships. We learn about uh, peace. We learn about prosperity, money management. We learn about teaching. We learn about grooming our kids. Like, it is the ultimate success book. It is the ultimate success book. And we can see King Saul at the moment when after David, as a young little pup, went and killed the Philistine. He went and killed Goliath with a slingshot. Now, this this uh, insane, like, give you guys context, like, little David, like, tiny little um, preteen teenager at the time, is slaying this giant. You can imagine in those days, like, it went viral, <laughs> as viral as it could be, right? If it had been modern day, it would have been retweeted a million times. It would have been trending on, on Instagram. Everybody would have been tagging it. It would have been all over CNN and NBC and MSNBC and ESPN. Like, everyone would want a news story on David because this guy just slayed this Philistine. And, and I don't blame him, right? I mean, if somebody's talking crap about my guy, like, I'm ready to go down. Like, what, like where's my slingshot? Let's get him, right? So David took down the Philistine. And here's what we read in 1 Samuel 18. We can look at verse 6 through 9. As they were coming home, when David returned from striking down the Philistine, the women came out of the, the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with songs of joy, and with musical instruments. I mean, you guys know that this is a party. They got tambourines. Like, Right. I mean, they're singing joy. They're out there dancing in the streets. Right. And in verse seven, as the women sing to one another, as they celebrated, this is what they sing. Verse seven. Saul has struck down his thousands and David his tens thousands, his ten thousands. So Saul struck down his thousands, David his ten thousands. Verse 8, and Saul was very angry, and this saying displeased him. He said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed thousands. 
What more can he have but the kingdom? So now he's concerned. He goes, okay, they see him as the rock star. They see him as the ultimate army uh, general warrior in the field taking down these Goliaths, right? They've given him all the claim, all the credit. What what more can he have? He's going to come after the kingdom. He becomes insecure. In verse 9, and Saul eyed David from that day on. Saul fixed his eye on David from that day on. This is the moment that comparison, that an unhealthy comparison began to kill, destroy, uh, uh, destruct Saul's inner and then outer world. Now, in life, we all have our own race, and we have to stay in that lane. What I believe comparison does is it hijacks the focus. See, Saul was already super powerful. He could have been focusing on creating change. He could have been a transformational leader. He could have done more for the poor. He could have uh, built his kingdom more, uh, created a bigger empire. But no, he eyed David. He fixated on him. And comparing yourself to others, they will jerk you into misalignment. I think a lot about like even like chiropractor, if you've ever had a rib pop out of place, it's super painful, it's hard to even breathe and move and, and be in certain positions or just in general, like right now, I know I need to go to the chiropractor, like it's just been too long. I'd love to get a great adjustment, right? And what do they do? They are fixing misalignment. They're taking your spine and your body and your ankles or wherever they're working on and they're putting it back in position. They're bringing it back to a centered space. But comparing yourself to others, they, it jerks you into misalignment. Have you ever driven a car that's not aligned? I, uh, I've i had a lot of cars in my life. I've talked about it. I like white cars. Um, and there's been a couple times in my life where I've driven a car where the alignment was off. And you're driving down the freeway, whether a highway or road, and you're going 40 or 60 or 70 miles. And you know when you're driving that car and the alignment is off, if you lightly take off the steering wheel, what happens? It veers to the left. It veers to the right. And you begin to drive out of your lane. Now, without correction, without like seeking a mechanic, without going out there and addressing the situation, like the systemic issue, the misalignment could be deadly. You could hurt yourself and you could hurt others. You want to be in alignment with your assignment. You want alignment with your assignment. Where do we see the assignment? I see it straight in Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. I see it straight in 12, 1 through 2. We ask, what is our purpose? What should we be doing? Well, there's so much confusion in the world. There's so much comparison in the world. There's so much destruction in the world. There's so much evil in the world. They're doing better. They're this this side, the left says this. The right says this. My pastor says this. This person spouting theories is saying that what do we do and you don't know what to focus on because when we think about it when we're on a track when we're on our lane when we have our assignment there should be a focus there should be an end goal there should be a coach there should be somebody saying hey look to me come to me we see it in hebrews 12 first one Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. 
I see comparison will, will trick you into believing that your life is a sprint when it is a marathon, that your destiny is a sprint and not a marathon. So when other people are going faster than you, you lose track of the fact that we need endurance for the race that was set before us. It was set, which means it was planned, which means it was predestined. God already created you perfect. He, he knows you're wonderfully made. He's counted every hair on your head. He has set a specific race in front of you. And that's going to look very, very different for all of us. Some of us, our race in front of us is to be a seven or eight figure network marketer. Some of us to be the number one realtor inside of our community or inside of our state or inside of a a, a company. I worked with a, a one gentleman who sold one of my homes and he was like the number one Remax agent in the country. Just so happened to live down the street from where I was selling a house in the Woodlands, Texas. But each of us have a race that's set before us. And that's a whole nother conversation when we talk about prospering where you're planted. Verse 2, Hebrews 12. So we say, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Verse 2, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set it before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand throne, uh, at the right hand of the throne of God. He is the founder and the perfecter of our faith. But it says looking to Jesus. Guys, if there's anything you get out of this podcast right now, it is stay in your lane and look to Jesus. Stay in your lane and look to Jesus. You are God's masterpiece. You may not feel that way right now because you're like, I'm just a hairdresser. But you know what? God has a plan for you in that salon. You are a witness for Christ in that salon. Oh, well, I'm just a rank two, or I'm just a rank three. I'm just getting started, or I've been stuck at this level in my network marketing business. Guys, you are you have a calling right now to be where you're at. Not to say, hey, don't up-level your skill, don't seek to get better, but are you getting better and stressed out because you're comparison to other people, or are you staying in your lane looking to Jesus and giving it all you got? He is the founder and perfecter of our faith. I find that so much um, comparison happens when I lose faith in where I should think I should be by now, which is comparison. Where What I feel like the life I should have right now. Well, it shouldn't be this challenging. Well, it shouldn't, I shouldn't have this struggle. God is working perfect, uh, perfectly inside of the race set before us, and he calls us to endurance. You guys say, well, I'm just a mom. I have no influence. Guys, you have been given a holy, a holy responsibility with those children. And he has called you into that season for a reason. You might say, hey, I can't spend as much time as Rachel does in her network marketing business. Guys, you're in a different season. I might be in that season, God willing, in the future that I have children. You know that at that time, it's not going to be the same hours or intention. And so if you're in a season where you have young kids and you feel that guilt of tugging, it's like, no, 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 God, he like, let's lay aside that weight, lay aside that sin of comparison, of idolatry. Let us run with endurance in the race that we have. God, make me the best that I can here. Help me prosper where I'm planted here. You are God's masterpiece. He doesn't make junk. Like you may not like your lane right now. I know it. I've been there. Guys, there are moments that even this week, and I'm like, I don't like my lane. And I don't know if you've ever gone or done a commute in traffic. I used to commute two and a half hours a day in my in my first really career. 
So I, I, I spent over two hours a day in a car. Undoubtedly, this was in Scottsdale, Arizona. I was going up the 101. So I was south of Phoenix and then driving all the way up to North Scottsdale. So I was on the 101. Now, the 101 is a pretty great highway. Um, Phoenix in general doesn't have massive traffic. They have a really great traffic system and grid system with their, 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 a lot of driving there. But one thing that could always mess us up, which was, you know, inevitable, there'd be accidents. There'd be collisions. And when that happened, there was actually several times where I was late to opening the store that I worked in for retail and retail management. And I remember there's times, if you've ever been stuck in traffic ever, and you get in a lane, do you always choose the slowest lane? Is it just me? I uh, It's a spiritual gift. I think I always choose the slowest lane. And then when you finally get this moment to, like, switch lanes, like, you find, like, somebody who's, like, kind of, like, snoozing behind and, you know, back, and then you get, there's, like, a little, and you get into the fast lane, and then what happens to that lane? It becomes slower. <laughs> Is that just me? Is that the only one that's ever happened to? You may see other people fat passing you. You may see other people going faster. You may see other people doing better. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. I think about... Uh, there was a great book on like the rhinoceros mindset that talked about how rhinos, um, it's kind of like a very light, easy read. If you want to pick it up, you can. I can summarize. I mean, it's basically like, you know, having um, the endurance to do it. Uh, rhinos are happy. You know, there's two types of people, rhinos and cows. You know, rhinos, what's really interesting about rhinos is that they have zero peripheral vision. They can, they're completely blind. They cannot see to the right of life. They can only see what is right in front of them. Rhinoceroses are actually natural leaders as well. Like they don't tend to be in a giant herd or a giant like group of people. They, they're kind of solo. They're on a mission. They look ahead. But the interesting thing also about rhinos is that they have three inch skin. Their hide is three inch thick, three inches thick. So, like, when a bird poops on them or, like, somebody, you know, uh, a lizard is, like, crawling all over them and just on for the ride, like, chilling on their back, or, like, somebody throws a spear at them, they can't even feel it. And could you imagine if we begin to uh, ask and believe with a rhinoceros faith that beyond whatever guys is going on around us, that we stay fixed on our lane. We don't look to the right. We don't look to the left. And we become bulletproof in the plan that God has for us. Now, there's more in the Bible that we can unpack. But guys, go look at it. Romans 12, 6. We are all different. It says Romans 12, 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If it's prophecy and proportion of faith, etc. Like we all have different gifts. And I know that there are some things that you are great at. And there's some things that you are horrible at. There are a lot of things that I'm really good at. And there's things that I absolutely end the worst. I'm going to tell you guys right now, confession time, confession. This is, my name is Rachel. This is Soul CEO. I'm your friend. And this is a safe place. I am the worst person when it comes to laundry. At this moment, and I've already done several loads this week, I think I probably have about five loads. And somehow I have uh, accumulated five laundry baskets. So I have two laundry baskets. I have another wicker thing, a hamper in the um, the bathroom, master bathroom. And then I also have like a, like a straight up laundry hamper with like two different sides, like darks and lights or whatever. And so I have these five contraptions and laundry just piles up. 
this is really funny too because my husband is also terrible at laundry so we laugh we're like oh man it would have been so great if one of us would have been really good but we're both terrible so what happened after a week or two and i don't know how i have no how again another spiritual gift i would like you to know we have the ability to go through eight thousand outfits in two weeks which is really funny because we wear the same things over and over. I mean, do you guys do this as well? 80% of my closet never gets touched. I wear the exact same pants, leggings, sweatshirt, hoodie, Sherpa all the time. The same four pairs of pajamas every single night. I just rotate them. Like, I have my favorites. I need to do a deep clean. Can we all just get a deep clean? Like, uh, I don't know if it's the minimalist, you know, wanting to rise up in me. But the amount of clothes that we have is crazy. But we all have different gifts. There are things that you're good at. There's things that you're called to. There's things that you can continue to develop in your lane with Christ. But we have different gifts according to the grace that was given to us. 2 Corinthians 10, 12. Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some sort, uh, uh, with some of those who are commending themselves. But when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding. So what they're saying is, what Paul is saying here is like, I think he's saying is that when we compare ourselves, when we measure ourselves by one another, we are not wise. We are without understanding. Now, this has always been from the beginning of time. We see this in 1 Samuel. Saul dealt with comparison. Saul saw it. And you know what's so unfortunate is that what we see with Saul is that his comparison wasn't started internally. It actually was sprung up by external. How? How did King's, uh, King Saul's uh, fixation on David and jealousy of David, how did it start externally? Well, we can look back at it. It was verse 7, uh, verse 6. The, uh, after David struck down the Philistine, the women came out of the city, right? They were dancing and, and they had their tambourines and they were singing and their musical instruments. And it was the women that were screaming, Saul has struck down his thousands and David his tens of thousands. So then, and we see that even with parenting. Why can't you be more like your brother? Your sister always keeps her room clean. And then you walk past your sister's room and she's sitting there in her nice, perfectly made bed. And you're like, eh, 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 right? We see that with parenting. Sometimes it's the external edification of somebody else that we internalize it for misalignment. We eternalize it and get off course. Now, this is such a epidemic. I want to talk about the real epidemic. We see comparison on social media. We see other people's highlight reel, and we compare our behind-the-scenes to it. Don't compare your behind-the-scenes to someone else's highlight reel. We all fail. We all cry. We all lose. We all use filters, okay? And I know social media is valuable. I use social media to uh, promote this podcast. I use social media to build my business. I use social media to reach others for Christ. I use social media to uh, connect and build relationships. I I built, you know, so many of my best friends I met through social media. So when is social media destructive? When it gets into comparison. We know the old, you know, Snow White adage, mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of them all? That's, you know, the old Disney adage, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? And I'm concerned that now today in 2021, that it's mirror, mirror on Facebook 
tell me how my life should look. Mirror, mirror on Instagram, tell me who I really am. Guys, it is time to stay in your lane, to fix your eyes on Christ. And ask yourself, when you have those moments, when we have these pits, when we see ourselves fixating on somebody else, when we put, when we chop down our little accomplishments, or when we look and we're unsatisfied with our assignment, and it begins to take us off of our course, off of our lane, we have to ask ourselves, how is this serving me? What do I gain by feeling this way, by focusing on others? And even more so, what do I lose? Because every time, guys, I compare, and I still struggle at times, less less now by the grace of God, I lose peace. I lose fulfillment. And if I'm not careful long enough, as King Saul said, saw, I could lose the race. I could lose the race. Instead of trying to become the best person, the best Rachel. Guys, you need to be the best Erica. You need to be the best Tehani. You need to be the best Melody. You need to be the best Alyssa. You need to be the best Heather. You need to be the best Anna. You need to be the best Patty. You need to be the best Tony. Like, you are not somebody else. So ditch the comparison. Say sayonara. Focus on what you have. Focus on gratitude. Focus on the path, what God has planned for your life. Do not be bogged down by the limited understanding. Do not be hijacked and jerked off your lane. I believe that you appreciate the desire to be better, but redirect that desire to God. He will show you your path. Embrace this change. I believe that you are uniquely made for what you have right now. Get in alignment with your assignment and stop comparing. I love you guys. We'll see you on the next episode on the Soul CEO podcast. And if you like it, check me on social media. I love to see you guys give me life with your reviews, with your little messages, with your tags. It encourages me to keep going. Okay. I love you. God bless guys. Bye.